Welcome to the Loop Page Podcast, episode number 11. <laughs> uh, you can't hear that. Uh, I probably should turn my phone off when I'm recording a podcast intro. Um, you didn't hear that, but my dog, uh, our dog just groaned in the background. He's like, he's just sensitive to, to noises and everything like that. And he's just one of those, he's almost like an old grumpy man, but he's only three years old. But um, yeah, it's just funny because he started grump, he started groaning as soon as I did the intro. Anyway, um, Make sure I don't even know where I am. Where, where I am? Uh, episode number eleven, Luke Page podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe. Go stop this, and hit subscribe now, and then go back and replay the intro to this so you can your brain can just be blown up. And then we're going to bring it back to this moment right here because today I've got with me Ray Corcoran. So I've known Ray for probably about five years now. Um, I originally met him through a company called The Entourage where I was doing a business course. Uh, a number of years ago, and um, Ray was a speaker and advisor there. So I, um, I, yeah, I kind of got to know him there. My first impression to Ray, where he's like, he's intelligent, he's witty, he's, um, he's, he's funny, he's charismatic. Ray, if you listen to this, mate, I hope your head's not going to explode. But um, Ray's gone on to open his own marketing agency. He's got two sides of the uh, of the company. One side is a done for you service, and the other side is consulting. So. Um, that's what we discuss. We discuss everything marketing. We discuss everything business. We talk about speaking um, because Ray's been speaking for years and years now. And he, and, and, and he says it's, it's really, really important for us as coaches. Um, if you want to really have a point of difference and an edge to majority of everyone, he goes, get into speaking because it'll just trickle through everything else throughout your business, which I found really, um, really awesome. Um, so anyway, let's get into this. Actually, before we get into it, I, 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 ask, I ask him a question that um, probably my most favorite question I've ever asked anyone, and that is, how do you spell Mississippi? Anyway, so the answer to that question, you really want to listen to this and stick around to get his answer to this question because it's, it's an answer I've never heard before. Um, so anyway... Let's uh, roll the drum. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Mate... Thanks for coming on, Razor. I mean, it's been Hello. ages since we chat. Yeah, how, how for the fiftieth, fifty millionth time, how was your wedding? Because I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I got um, the same question. Yeah, everyone asks, like, how's your wedding? How's your wedding? Yeah, yeah, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was really good. I, uh, we had a great time. I, I, it sounds bad, but I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would because I, I wasn't sure whether it'd just be like a hectic day <laughs> and just so much shit going on, and I just wouldn't have time to enjoy it. But um. Yeah. It was actually awesome. Everything went smooth. By the time I got there, I didn't give a shit. I was just like, this is uh, just ready to have fun. Um, so <laughs> it was, uh, no, it was a great day. It was, it was way, way uh, as good as I could ask. And um, yeah. everyone had fun and all the families had fun. And, um, mm. and yeah, it was a heaps affordable day as well. So that was good. And yeah, um, yeah it was just fantastic. What did you say? An affordable day? Yeah, very, very affordable. Just, yeah, didn't, didn't, um, didn't smash the old bank account at all. Oh, I oh, gotcha, gotcha, hey, gotcha. What a, what a stinger! Yeah, man, because um, it's um, we're, we're, I'm out of it now, so not yeah. a problem. <laughs> all right, so um, yeah, I actually when you said about the is better than you thought it was, I was the same, man. 
I was kind of like, mm. um, yeah, it's it's like, yeah, I thought it would be good, but you know, it's, for me, I was I've kind of like, well, you know, it's a wedding, and um, you know, you get together with everyone, and everyone like that. It's more like Courtney's thing. It's more the wife's thing. Mm. Um, but Perfect. it was actually quite. Well, very, very special, yeah. Um, and until we actually went through everything and felt all the emotions that you felt, it was, um, yeah, I just didn't expect it to be that that way. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was, uh, you know, when a lot of people say it's the best day of their life, I kind of rolled my eyes a bit. I was like, like I hadn't experienced it, but I was like, could it really, like, was it really? Like, like it just sounded <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Uh, It's like, you know, some guys, they say it, they go, their, their partner's the best person in the world and stuff. And so I just can't, yeah. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm just skeptical and, negative yeah man I, yeah. I just i just hear that and i'm like i just feel like they're full of shit but having gone through it now i can i understand that a bit better now because yeah, it definitely was uh yeah it was definitely up there i don't know if it was the best day of my life but it was definitely one of the the top top two i'd say yeah definitely same um so i guess we're not here to talk about weddings are we yeah yeah this is not a podcast about weddings <laughs> although it's my that's my next idea but um <laughs> yeah, man, just like, do you want to just start off with, um, like, what exactly do you do? Yeah, right. So, like, you know, who do you help? How do you help them? Type thing. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I've got a marketing agency. So we help people with, um, you know, getting uh, leads in the door, uh, developing their, their overall marketing strategy, um, helping them convert the leads, giving them guidance. Probably, I don't like the word coach. I hate, I hate that sort of. Uh, industry um, yeah. but you know there is a lot of coaching uh, that does happen and a lot of um, I guess consulting there's kind of two main sides um, to my business one side is the agency where I do the campaigns for you whether it's mainly Facebook ads and Google ads yes. um, and then the other side which is consulting which is you know typically they've, they've got good word of mouth they're doing a good job but they just want to accelerate that and they're not yeah. really sure which direction to go they've been reading a bunch of blogs um about they all say different things and they kind of want someone to come in and give them a bit of direction based on you know what's working now um and that's kind of where i come in and uh, help give them direction so beautiful mate well uh please forgive me for calling you a coach mate i'm gonna i take that back oh, that's, <laughs> that's all right mate. that's all right you're probably you like inside it. fuming you're like you bloody called me mate. A coach. <laughs> it's it's just a yeah <laughs> the whole space is just very very strange, but it is technically coaching in the day. You know, you're teaching them how to do stuff. So I can't be too offended. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, it's all, how did you end up like getting to where, like, you know, having your own agency, like, um, and, and consulting agency. So how did you yeah. end up getting to that stage? Like, what did you go yeah, through so to I get did, there? Uh, so I did marketing at uni. Um, yeah. And uh, that was okay. I, I wasn't really, I wasn't super engaged at uni. Um, it's kind of funny. I met my uh, now wife at, at uni so i got at least i got something out of uni <laughs> but yeah. um but yeah but I, I just i don't know it wasn't that good it was I, I i didn't realize i didn't know at the time but it wasn't very um uh practical and based on what's working now um mm. and I, I learned some general stuff and i met some nice people but um yeah i just didn't get a lot out of it and um but uh but yeah but anyways i went from there and then i went into a bunch of you know went into corporate and did uh, a variety of jobs from you know like starting off in like tech support and then um just doing just random jobs and then started doing moving more into stuff that was related to my degree um yeah uh you know so around marketing and business analysis and that sort of stuff so i did that for a few years and then mm. um and that was okay it wasn't i didn't love it but i didn't hate it it was kind of just sort of whatever and um but then eventually i just i wanted to start my own business i've kind of always 
wanted to do that. And um, I just got to the point where I was like, you know, I felt like I was doing a good job in or a decent enough job in corporate, but I wasn't getting uh, promoted. And, yeah. um, you know, I would, you know, basically all these people were getting promoted before me because they were, they'd been, they'd been in the company way longer and they weren't even that good. Like they were crap, mm. like they were, they were, they were crap at what they did, but they were in line. There was a queue to get promoted and, you know, they can't promote the guy that's been waiting, you know, that's been there for two minutes versus per, even though that, you know, I thought my stuff, I literally quantified how much extra work I was doing and the better quality, but I just got jaded with that whole system because I didn't realize at the time that all, all the relationship stuff was, um, very important as well. I just thought if I did a good job, um, that, you know, things would improve and that was only one part of the equation. So I got sick of that and then started doing, um, uh, I started off building websites. So that was kind of yep. my first business, just building webs, just building uh, simple websites for businesses. And, yeah. um, that wasn't something I was passionate about, but it was just something, it was a skill I had. I, I, I learned, I just taught myself. So I just decided, um, well, I can make, at least I can make some money doing this. And, um, and then once I started building the websites for people, they asked, uh, how do I get people to the website? And, um, I, I didn't know. And I was like, well, let me get back to you. And I'll like, I just kind of helped them. I wasn't charging for that service, but I just kind of said, well, mm. um, leave, leave it with me. And then I started to learn about sort of the basics of marketing, um, for, for real this time, not just, you know, from, from uni, but like what actually works and, and reading you know, as many books as I could get my hands on. Um, and then from there I started to get some little results for free and then I started charging them a little bit. And then gradually over time I charged a little bit more and a little bit more as, as my results got better. Um, yeah. and then that's pretty much what I've been doing the last sort of 10 years in various capacities, just, um, helping people get customers on board, you know, developing their marketing strategy, helping them grow the company. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Nice man. Well, uh, and where's the entourage fit into this? Because that's where I came across here. Yeah? I was a, I was a student um, at yeah at, for one of their programs. Um, were yeah, you full time so, for those guys or part time or what was the what was the go there? Yeah. So yeah. So I was um, yes. Yeah, so I was involved with them. So I was always doing my stuff. Um, so I was doing my stuff uh, prior to that, and then uh, and then I was doing my stuff still on the side while I was there, and that was part of the deal of doing work with them was mm. I didn't want to uh, be, ex- otherwise I would have taken a pay cut. So I was like, as long as I can still work with clients outside of this, then, um, you know, I'll get involved because they were at the time, um, they were one of the biggest um, businesses of their type in Australia and um, had a massive community and running tons of events, lots of clients. Mm. Uh, and for me, the, the motivator to get involved with them was more, one, I could do uh, heaps of speaking. So, you know, I ended up doing 100 speaking, more than 100 speaking spots in, tw- in a 12-month period um, yep. with them. And that kind of experience, you can't really get that anywhere else. Like there's not, people don't run those, you know, there's very pretty much nowhere you can get that much yeah. uh, speaking experience in a short period of time. So that was a big motivator. Uh, the second thing was also just being able to get access to that many businesses. So um, I got to see under the hood of so many different businesses from, um, you know, tech startup to service business, to e-com to, um, to pretty much, you know, anything and everything. So, um, while my specialty was marketing, I, I, I just by, you know, chatting with these people, like I learned a lot about other areas that I'd 
Um, you know, like I would help them with the marketing side of their business, but just by just, you know, hearing what people are doing and um, that sort of stuff. Like I, I learned so much as well um, uh, while I was involved there. And then, yeah, but that was about, I left them, I'm not sure how, I think it was about four, I want to say four years ago, I think it was. Um, yeah. It feels like yesterday. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was good. You know, it's, it's definitely an interesting uh, company. It definitely had some interesting moments there. Um, but yeah, uh, but after a while I was like, look, I'm, you know, uh, I just wanted to get back to what I was doing. And, um, and uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing the last We've gone back to that for the last few years, which has been uh, which has been going awesome, and um, yeah, it was, it was great great experience there uh, while I was there. But um, but yeah, it's only so long you can do that before you just you know. You I like itch. having control and stuff, and yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I um I I went to well when I was at the Entourage um learning. So if anyone listening to this doesn't know who the Entourage is, they're this like they're a uh, educational institution for entrepreneurs. So they basically do business courses and coaching and training and all that type of thing. Um, and, um, yeah, when I was a student at the, one of the, for the entourage and doing one of their programs, I had a business that I was starting up. I mean, that never ended up turning out. And then I went back into working for a company, got to the point where I got my itch, got the itch again. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I've just like you, right. I've got to have control. I've got to have the freedom to create otherwise. And I've got to have, I guess that business for me, it, it because I'm so obsessed with growth, nothing fulfills my need for growth like business does. Yeah, you're mm. probably the same. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd rather um, have. I'd definitely rather have extra, all the extra stress and everything that comes with it. That, but have control yeah. over my own destiny than have you know. Because I, yeah, I, I, I like when I going back to corporate, I was, mm. I I was on track to make you know really really good, uh, like like I was making decent money and I was on track to make even better money, um, mm. but. I looked at guys 10 years down the track, 20 years down the track and they were making those, that kind of money and they just looked like, they looked terrible. <laughs> like they looked mm-hmm. just over it, you know, out of shape, not loving it, just, you know, not motivated. And um, I don't know. I just looked at that and I was like, I actually don't think I want that to be me. Um, yeah. And I got less and less, you know, excited to do that. And then I got more into just like, I feel like I should do, yeah, I need to get out of this sort of, this cycle this is like the wrong environment I, you know i love learning i love working and i wasn't enjoying it particularly mm. so yeah uh, but yeah okay so um let's talk about um from like creating like real expectations here because um you know my my niche is early stage online coaches mm. um and there's especially for this type of market and people getting into it the biggest issue is is that mainly people have got an employee mentality, right? So, you know, they've worked for someone um, and then they start their own business. I mean, it's, it's just it's completely different these days to start a business compared to 20, 30 years ago type thing mm. where or yeah. even 10 years ago, you know what I mean, where you had to fork out hundreds of thousands of dollars for a physical building, lease, staff, equipment, everything like that. Now it's mm. like you basically pay nothing, you got a fucking business. So... Because of that, that low barrier entry, you're just getting anyone starting a business. And the same with the coaching industry. You're just getting anyone coming, becoming a coach, which obviously there's a higher percentage of low caliber people. Um, Mm. So because of there's a lot of people with an employee mentality, meaning that, you know, I guess there's a bit of entitlement that, um, you know, if I do a bit of hard work, I should get rewarded instantly. 
um, pointing the finger at other people for the lack of results, whatever it is. But um, yeah, there's a bit of a mentality that um, it shouldn't really take that long to start getting results. So the question I got for you, Ray, is that how long from when you first launched your business was it until you started getting like a steady flow of clients? Probably kind of two parts to this question because I know you've had kind of two businesses here. So maybe mm. from um, from when you first, first ever first launched your business, getting you going and doing your own thing, mm. to when when did that when did that happen? To the second part, when did you start um, actually providing the service that you provide now? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. So the it kind of started off in drips and drabs for a bit because I had the corporate income coming in. So, you know, it's one thing to make a corporate salary plus a few extra grand per month from websites. It's another thing to have no corporate job anymore and making a few extra grand a month or a few grand a month period. Um, Mm. You you know, it's because the cream on top ends up being the whole pie. Uh, you know, after you leave your corporate job and you don't have that anymore. So um, I definitely, like, I would consider myself a semi-smart person and I kind of (laughs) maybe arrogantly went into it thinking that um, I would be able to figure it out because I usually usually can to some extent. You know, if you're half a brain, you should be able to figure it out. But I think I just took, it took a lot longer than I expected it to. Um, Mm. And I probably, I well, definitely naively, looked at what other people were doing and thought, well, they can't figure it out probably because they're stupid or they're lazy or they're slow. Um, and that may have been true, but I, mm. I wasn't any better. And um, it took me a while. Um, in terms of time, um, well, the website staff kind of probably took, I would say between nine and 12 months to start getting some more regular stuff happening. Um but once I got regular stuff happening, I wasn't really, I didn't, I didn't, I never really liked building websites. So I was kind of getting that regular thing happening, but I was also starting to think about what do I actually want to do now that I've kind of got that a bit more stable. Um, and, you know, stuff like email marketing and, and Facebook ads and, and Google ads and all that sort of stuff was, um, uh, and some social media stuff. Um, was a lot more interesting to me um, mm-hmm. and I guess not as, I don't know, with, with website stuff, it's like you build, for in most cases, you build the website, you pay, get paid the money and you have to start again. Whereas with, yeah, you know, I'm a big, obviously I'm, I'm a massive fan of recurring revenue where, where possible um, and a lot of, you know, whether it's email marketing, social stuff or um, paid ads, a lot of that stuff has to happen month in, month out for a business owner. Um and you can build that recurring revenue, which means you mean your need to make sales is uh, a lot lower. And um, and also you can just build a much um, deeper, longer-term relationship with a client um, as a result because you're not like build a website, see you later, you know, if something breaks, I'll call you. Um, yep. You know, it's kind of in and out. And, you know, and if you do a good job, you, know, you probably won't hear from them um, really. So... In terms of the advisory stuff or and the the agency stuff, that was probably another. Probably, it would kind of come. It would go up and down. It wasn't sort of super linear. It would kind of go up, and I'd have like you know a bunch of people come on board, and then I had a and then I had a couple of months where not not many people like people came on board, but a lot less. 
Yeah. Um, so it was a lot more up and down. Um, I think in that early phase, it was just really about building, I don't want to say building the brand because that sounds wanky, but it, it kind of was. It was like building a, a reputation, um, mm-hmm. which just, it just takes time. Like, like I, I work with people now. I don't work with many new businesses uh, these days. I prefer to work with people that have already sort of, they know their products, they've got the product to market fit. You know, that's all up and running. And it's just a case of ramping that up rather than deciding whether this is, this is even a good product or not. Yeah. But um, I do, you know, I've worked with people um, recently that have started from, you know, ground zero with a brand. Um, they've got a great skill set in a certain industry, but um, yeah, it, it takes it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of horsepower to get it up and running. And once it's up and running, um, it takes less hours per week to sort of keep it growing. But, mm-hmm. um, but early on, it's, you know, it's a, it's a huge amount of work. You know, if I had my time again, I would have done probably, I would have done double the work rate um, and done stuff a lot sooner, spent more on ads. I wish I could have gone back in time and spent more on ads while they were so, you know, cheap as chips. Just like, I wish I just dumped as much money as I had um, yeah. on, on ads. That would have been a great idea, but, you know, um, but yeah, like it's a, but yeah, but probably the short version of the answer after giving a very long answer. That, is, was, a, that was the um, longest answer in the <laughs> question um, answer, mate. But yeah, it takes. Yeah, it, it took. I took ages and it took a lot longer than expected. And mm. um, and I was not really. I wasn't really mucking around, so to speak. I wasn't efficient, but I wasn't like goofing off or going to the club or or you know you know watching Netflix or, or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't like, you know, clocking off at five. Like I was, I was doing tons of hours. I just wasn't very efficient. So I was doing lots of hours inefficiently. And it took longer. But yeah. Mm. So what would you say? Like how, like how long would you go if someone's starting their own online business, right? Just go, it's a tough question to answer, right? But on, if you say, depends, okay, look. It just depends expect- on their skills. Like if they're, yeah. it depends. I would say the biggest thing, it depends on how good they are. If you're, if you're, if you say, if you've got a bunch of experience in an industry, and you know yes. you can get an outcome for someone. Maybe you've done corporate, but you're going straight out to, but you, but you're you know you're very good, um, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a need for it. Um, then that time frame is way shorter. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, probably six to nine months. You, it depends on the individual as well. Some people are just fucking they're just lazy. Um, yes. If they're if they've got no skill set and which is fine, but they're just starting out, they're really developing their skills and trying to grow the business. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, I would allow eighteen to 18 months, maybe even 24 months, to be honest, mm. um, depending, depending on that individual. If they're just a superstar, they, you know, obviously superstars will always make stuff happen sooner than everyone else, but it really does take a long time. Like, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I would allow a lot more time, but, but, but it really, I would say the biggest factor is like how much you actually know already. And if you can get people outcomes, the wheels will be greased a lot more. Um, word gets out better, clients stay longer. You know, all that it gets, gets infinitely easier. Um, so, yeah. okay. And and what are the um, what are some of the strategies that you've used to get clients? Yeah. So the main ones would be uh, email marketing on a regular basis, mm-hmm. um, video marketing, so publishing videos on a regular basis. Third one is speaking. Um, I do a lot, not heaps of speaking in the last few months, but but generally just over the last like ten years, I've done lots of speaking, lots of small workshops, big corporate sort of or big like conferences and stuff. Yep. Um, that's been good. Uh, speaking at other people's events. Um, and how are you getting these speaking gigs? 
Uh, so it's a mix of things. So sometimes I go to networking. Um, I would say the foundation of everything is having a speaking page on your website. So mm-hmm. uh, if you know, you, I don't know if you have like show notes and you have, but you can put a link to my speaking page in there. But like my speaking page, um, I put heaps of. I tell people what I can present on, what my core topics are. Um, you know, my commitment to them, like what they get when they hire me as a speaker, what's the difference between me and other speakers, um, um, examples of what I've spoken at and, mm-hmm. and just crap loads of testimonials, anonymous feedback scores, anonymous comments um, in the feedback and all that sort of stuff. So there's heavy, heavy proof on that page. Lots of, you know, pictures of me speaking in various sized audiences. Um, so that's yeah. kind of like the hub of everything. And then that, really building relationships from networking stuff, uh, business events. You just meet people and eventually they find out you're a speaker. Um, I, de- I always publish, whether it's on LinkedIn uh, and Facebook, when I do speaking gigs because um, then people become just aware that you do it. Um, my uh, speaking page, I'm pretty sure, if, I think it's like, there's a couple of terms my speaking page ranks for. I did some basic SEO on my speaking page. Um, for digital marketing speaker Sydney or something something on the very something similar to that, mm. um, and I've you know I've got a gig in Feb uh, that's coming up that's um, literally from Lady Googling something similar to that and um, clicking on my page and we chat we spoke and then um, uh, it's all booked in, um, mm-hmm. so that sort of stuff. Um, what else? Yeah, I would say they're the main things. Um, I don't do ads for speaking stuff uh, in particular. I mainly have my, you know, my main page, people just coming through organic, but definitely publishing content and obviously updating your LinkedIn profile, for example, to mention you're a speaker. Um, yeah. You know, every man and their dog's a speaker these days. So, um, but I do mention it because it's not a skill that everybody has. So I do mention mm. it just so, you know, there's a lot of people that get speaking gigs or look for speakers that type in, you know, marketing speaker and, and I can come up for that. So I do put it in there pretty much only so people can find search me, but, um, mm. but yeah, I find they're the main ways. And did you learn like with your speaking, did you, um, did you have much practice prior to the entourage or you got a lot of well, majority of practice there? Uh, I did a bunch before there and then, uh, and then heaps were there and then more afterwards. Um, but I've always like, I've n- never, I, I don't think I've really had a um, uh, a problem with speaking. Like I've always been a bit of an idiot and a bit of a, you know, I'm always <laughs> goof- I'm making jokes and goofing off and stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did need to build a professional sort of speaking skill set. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I do, I do get I, I or in the past more so, but I did get you know nervous before speaking on stage and uncomfortable and all the mm-hmm. stuff that most people would go through, um, but. But yeah, but I just, I always knew that um, speaking something that not a lot of people, whenever I say something that most people don't want to do, I usually want to do it because that way I can get disproportional results. So mm. with speaking, I know there's heaps of marketers that are, know their topic just as much as me, but they're scared as hell to speak on stage, which I love it because I'm like, what? Like, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I get to be on, I get so many more opportunities that they can't get because they're scared. Um, mm. and, um, you know, it stresses me out still doing speaking gigs and stuff, but I just know that I'm like, I'm going to do it. You're not going to do it. I'm like, this is perfect. Um, and I think more people should do it because yeah. speaking, uh, as a skill is, is just communication. So 
regardless of whether you want to be the world's best speaker long term, if you can speak on stage, you can speak on camera for a TV interview, you can do partnership meetings um, and speak really clearly and get your point across, whether you're looking for investors, you can you do your pitch right, um, whether you're doing video content for Facebook or typing emails. Like if you can learn to communicate and learn how to speak well on a stage, it has a flow on effect to so many other areas of your business and for the long term. Communication is not a skill that it's not like Facebook ads, which might be redundant in a few years. Communication skills are going to be useful for the rest of your career. So I think it's worth it for anybody to, um, to, I think everybody should, uh, get good at it because it's not going to go out of fashion anytime soon. Um, so yeah. Nice man. Well, um, yeah, well, uh, a question, not only for me, but everyone, um, talking because like I, I want to do more speaking. Um, mm. I, I've only really done workshops and things like that. But uh, I mean, look, speaking does make me nervous, but I actually really enjoy it as well. Um, mm. What advice would you give to me and anyone else that's maybe hearing what you're saying now and going, gee, it's something I need to do and something that's going to be really great for a business and brand. What's, what's a good way getting into it, introducing yourself into it? So say, say for someone like me, Ray, what do you think my first steps would be? Mm. Um, could I swear on this, by the way? Because I swear away, bro. Okay, sorry. Okay, sweet. <laughs> um, so the first rule we like don't like don't give a fuck about what anyone thinks. So like most of the nerves, most of the nerves you get while speaking are because you're thinking about what everyone's thinking about you, and you're not thinking mm-hmm. about which means that you're not focusing on the customer, like the people that you're trying to present for and helping them. Like the people in the crowd have come to see you speak or have come to the event that you're speaking at because they've got problems. And um, if you're nervous, it's usually because you're thinking about yourself, how you look. You're thinking about how they think that you look um, yep. and it's a lot of selfish stuff. And I find that I, if I switch, if I notice myself getting in that mind mindset, I need to switch out of that and go to, I'm here to help people today. And there's some people that are in the crowd that are probably really hurting with this particular problem. And if I don't help them right now, they're, they're screwed. So mm. that's one thing to, you know, keep in mind. Um, lots of things go wrong in speaking gigs. So not giving a fuck is also useful there because microphones cut out you can trip going on stage you can forget where you were at you can get the question you don't want to get at you can get a guy that's just like not a heckler but a guy that's just being difficult because he wants to be difficult uh, yeah. all sorts of shit's gonna go happen during the gig mm. um so you got to be just ready for anything and, and just go with the flow no matter what happens so i think that's in, that's a really important attitude to have as a speaker to be like i literally don't like i literally go on stage being like i don't give a fuck what happens today like any shit could <laughs> yeah. happen like literally anything could happen yeah. Um, and pretty much anything like I've, I've pretty much had all those things happen um, and more. And I think it's just, you get, you get used to this is practice, you get used to it. But, um, but yeah, in terms of getting your first few gigs, I think one is, um, I don't know if this is a term, but get your stage hours up. So just get, get time on the, you know, it's true for sports and stuff like that. It's like, just get plenty of time in the gym or plenty of time on the stage um, because just get comfortable up there and just get used to it. Um, a lot of people judge their speaking skills based on doing like one or two or five gigs. And um, it's just not enough. Like what it's like you were learning to uh, play tennis or something. You play it five times and you're like, I'm just not that good. And I'm like, it's not really fair on yourself to say that. Um, and it's the same for speaking. Like, you know, you got like, I would say do it, you know, 50 gigs before you even start to make a call about your skill set. Um, yeah. Cause it's not really, um, a fair representation. Um, I, I would recommend doing 
I would try and do any gigs, whatever you can do. Like I, I do mostly paid gigs now um, if it's somebody else's events, but I'm very, I'm probably a lot more selective than I used to be before. I was like any event and every event. I just want to speak at like, if it's obviously my topic, um, yeah. I want to speak at and do that. But if it's um, sometimes if it's like a favor for a, you know, a long time friend or it's a, I don't know, not a charity, but it might be like for like a bunch of like students or something like that. I might not charge for that, but um, but on the whole, I just got so much to do with the agency and, and client work that I'm, you know, I can't really go to, every speaking thing now because a lot of the like heaps of events just you know they're crap so um it's you know me speaking there is just a waste of my time um literally even though you know i'd love to help um but yeah i would look to try and do any speaking gigs that are relevant to your industry uh as much as possible um uh and just do them for free whatever you need to do to get your foot in the door um yeah. because the more speaking you do the better you'll get the more comfortable you get to the point where you can speak on stage and it's not um, it's just not a big deal. Like my, one of my earliest, um, speaking things was I was, um, uh, one of the, at the, at the entourage, I was, uh, up the back of a room. I wasn't supposed to be speaking and, um, uh, Peter Lakovich, who, you know, um, he knew, I mentioned to him, I'm like, I want, I want to do a lot of speaking. Yeah. And, go, yep. and then uh, he told me, um, it's like a, it's probably about 300 people in the room. And, um, he goes, do you want to jump on stage now? And I was like, yep. And, uh, but in my head, I was like, fuck. Yeah, man, <laughs> and yeah. and uh, he was like, cool, we'll do a Q&A. Because I didn't, obviously didn't have any presentation to do. So he mm-hmm. goes, uh, we'll just do a digital marketing Q&A. Um, and then he just introduced me that within 10 seconds after that. And he goes, guys, we're going to do something a little bit different. It's not on the schedule. What we're going to do, we've got someone very special in the house um, and this and this. And we did a Q&A. And then that was that. Was that. Um, but it was awesome. It was like we had a great time. It was good fun. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved it. But um, uh, definitely have a speaking page. I think like maybe in the early days, it's probably not going to be the world's best page. But um, you can start to put on, obviously get photos whenever you speak. So you can start to make it look like at least that you do lots of gigs. Mm. Um, because, you know, nobody wants to hire someone or get someone in that doesn't, um, hasn't done many gigs. Um, so get photos of you speaking wherever possible. Even mobile phone pictures are better than nothing. Um, if you can get ones where there's a big crowd, even better. Um, mm. But just any speaking things. Obviously dress, like I'm not really big on dressing fancy and stuff, that sort of stuff. But if I was trying to get my early gigs, um, I probably would dress a bit nicer than I can be bothered to now. <laughs> um, yeah. Just so you look, look the part of like a, not like a sleazy you know, car salesman type person, but... Um, but definitely a professional because there's lots of people that know their topic, but they're not professional. They're not organized. They're not, um, there's a whole other side to speaking, which people don't, um, don't realize, which is just being organized, being punctual, uh, delivering a good presentation, tailoring it for the client properly. Um, you know, getting there early, meeting the, some of the delegates at the event, speaking to them before the event, after the event, adding heaps of value, uh, providing resources. There's so many other parts aside from just the actual prezo. So if you, you know, I would keep that, have a broader view of that. Um, but yeah, I, I would look for people that are already getting speakers like you at their events. Um, mm-hmm. Like who's already like, you know, who are people you look up to uh, in your industry and uh, where are they speaking? 
And I would yeah. connect with the people that run, you know, if there's certain conferences or uh, say if you're in business, business groups or whatever it is, I would find out who the key people are there and connect with them on LinkedIn. Start getting on their radar. You might direct message them and just be like, hey, I do speaking at this sort of stuff. Are you guys looking for any speakers coming up? Because a lot of events are actually looking for speakers regularly. Um, yeah, okay, yep. So you sometimes you're doing them a favor by putting your hand up and being like, you know, hey, I just want to reach out. You know, I, I just I recently spoke at X, and um, I noticed that you guys have speakers that are, you know that cover these topics. Um, are you guys currently looking for speakers? You know, this is what I speak on. Um, okay. I do, you know, I do stuff like that to get the early gigs, and then just over service the crap out of them. Like, just do, you know, be super organized, do all the basics really, really well. Obviously, do a decent job for your speech. Prepare the shit out of the speech, like rehearse it at home or whatever, whatever you need to, like thirty times from start to finish, like just over and over again. Yep. Um, I don't think a lot of, enough people do that because um, I like to do that. I like you know, I'll just be at home just rehearsing. I'll go slide by slide, and I actually refine heaps out of my presentation by doing that because I'm like, you know what, this section's way too long on that, and it's too light on this, and then I kind of. Uh, adjust it from there but yeah okay thanks awesome man thanks for the advice there um what about uh say we got we got some early stage online coaches looking to grow their business right they're trying to get clients trying to build their business what's your what's your top advice for them like what do they need to do what should they what should should they be focusing on yeah so first and foremost um if they haven't got skills develop their skills um mm-hmm. i was kind of like learning my skills and learning how to grow the business at the same time, which is what heaps of people do. Um, yeah. But I think um, I noticed the better my results got for clients and the more like home runs I hit, I was like, I got clients quite quickly from some of that, obviously publishing the results. Um, mm. And that's the biggest way you can differentiate yourself. Like any kind of, I don't know, coach or consultant or anybody, if you can get an outcome for somebody, everything's easier. If you can't get results, it's going to be a lot of hard work with your marketing and it's always going to feel like you're pushing crap uphill. Um, the real focus, and obviously client selection here is important. So you can't just pick like, if you're picking anybody and everybody to work with, it's yeah. going to make, it, it, you'll probably lose your mojo a bit because you're, just like, you're dealing with people that are probably crap anyway. And they just don't have what it takes or they've got a shit business or, you know, they've got a totally wrong idea about what to do or they're lazy. Um, and that blows back on you if they're paying for your help. So, um, you know, client selection is important. You need to pick people that have some good fundamentals but haven't got there yet, not someone that has nothing going on and is clinging to you to like save the day when mm. they've got way too many things to fix. Um, and it's just, you know, it's either A, not going to work or B, it's going to take a heap of your time to make it work, um, yep. which is obviously not what you want. Um, okay, so just master your craft. Yeah, so that's probably the first big piece. Yeah, um, I wouldn't gloss over that. Like, if you, if anybody can't get an outcome, and like in my with my early clients, I spent way more, like way more time than I should have, or like a way more time than was than what they paid to help them get a result, just so I could get them the result. Um, yeah, and. But I, I did it obviously deliberately because I knew that like if I got this person a result, they'll be happy, they'll tell all the people and, and that eventually will snowball. Um, yep. but, uh, but yeah, do whatever it takes to get them the result. Don't worry about like oh, how much money I made or what, like once you're good, you can charge a, a great rate and you'll not worry about that ever again. 
Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, until that happens, uh, just do whatever it takes, you know, whatever extra hours you need to do to make it, to get them the outcome because, you know, the more case studies, the easier your life gets. Then when it comes to the marketing side, um, the things I've found that have worked the best, um, regular good value emails to the database. Um, obviously, your database will be probably small at the start, but over time you can start to build it up. Um, the folk, you know, regular video content, like I do videos. I haven't done many videos lately because I've had my honeymoon and wedding and I've been to Singapore last week and just been, it's been a bit busier than usual, like in terms of haven't been around. But, um, uh, but yeah, typically I do a video every week or second week-ish, um, just teaching people stuff or letting them know what's working for my clients right now. Um, yep. I just try to help them. Um, and that has been one of the most useful things to me. Like I have people that watch my videos um, for months, months and months, and then they message me um, to work together. And it makes the sales process seamless because after several videos, they kind of know my style. If they didn't like me, they wouldn't have inquired by that, by that point. So um, mm-hmm. it's a good way to sort of pre-sell people and just get the whole, get that all out of the way before they even jump on the phone. Like, so I don't have to be a superstar salesperson because the marketing, you know, I always see marketing as doing the heavy lifting for the sales. So mm-hmm. if my marketing is good and it teaches them something and a lot of marketing is just building trust. So if I can show that I've gotten results, if I can show that I can teach them some stuff, if I can show that, um, you know, how to solve their problems, um, by the time they inquire, they pretty much know almost everything they need to know to make a decision, uh, bar maybe what products and pricing and stuff, which is just logistics at the end. Um, but it makes my life heaps easier. And the marketing side, I can automate a lot more than the sales side. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, I get a lot of leverage on the marketing side. So, you know, I, I focus on that um, a lot. The video content's huge. Um, speaking has been good. Um, um, paid ads uh, has been good. Um, I've mainly used paid ads in the sense of add to a lead magnet to a call. Um, that's sort of been the simple funnel. And uh, mm-hmm. that's that's worked well um, over the years. Um, I kind of do it in bursts. Sometimes I'll just run it for a few months and then turn it off, run it for a few months and then turn it off. So I'm kind of lazy. I probably should do other funnels, but um but yeah that's worked well so you're saying early stage online coaches should do paid ads um good question um that's what's worked for me i'm not sure if i'd do that yeah maybe not straight away like i see people saying you know set up a funnel and all this sort of stuff um it it will come down to their skills if they're really, really good i probably would jump into that to be like this is how you fix this is how you fix your shit. Um, and if you want more help, we can jump on a call and go from there. Okay. Um, if you're still learning the business, I would really focus on your skill set, uh, which is probably not what people want to hear. But if you've got like no skills or low skill set, just go like crazy on learning as much as possible, as quickly as possible. So you can get your skills up to at least a decent level. And you don't have to be the world's biggest expert uh, straight away. Like you can get paid low money for a low skill set so it's not as if you have to wait till you're an expert to get paid you just won't get paid as much or you don't deserve as much you know some mm-hmm. people get away with charging heaps and their shit you know but that it won't last 
because people start to be like, this service sucks. Um, yeah, man. But if you can get to a medium, you know, a medium skill set, um, and that's probably going to be easier if you go a bit more narrow. So if you just try and find like, like if you try to master, you know, too broad of a thing, then it's going to take years and years. Whereas, you know, you might just say, I'm going to be the master of lead gen for an industry, you know, or even just lead gen generally for, yeah. for paid ads. Yeah. You know, that it's a lot easier for you to just get laser focused and just spend, you know, eight or 10 hours a day, just learning, 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 practicing, practicing, practicing. Um, you'll be able to get to a, not an expert level, but you get to a pretty good level uh, quite quick um, to the point where you could start charging, which is probably more important mm. um, early on. So, Okay. So the main thing got out of that is just, just master your craft, yeah, because everything else will follow from that basically yeah, as low, opposed low to being... Le- yeah. If you've got low skill level, yeah. master your craft and get results yeah. like for yeah. anybody and everybody for free or cheap. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're like, oh, I need to make more money, we'll just drive fucking Uber or do something else. Like just do something else to pay the bills um, because mm-hmm. if you... I, I, I probably made the mistake of like, oh, I'll just leave my job and it'll all be sweet. And it was super up and down. It wasn't fun. Um, yeah. And I, but, my, but my ego got in the way and I was like, no, I can do this, I can do this. But you know, the reality, the proof was in the pudding and you know, numbers were going up and down wildly. And, you know, it was just because I was too stubborn. Um, where if I had my time again, I would have been like, I'll keep working and build it up. I should have built it up more in the background. Um, and, you know, while you can fail um, while I was in corporate. But, yeah, if you're on a low skill set, get your skill set up, get your results up, just focus on getting good at what you're doing and charging a little bit or whatever. And then once yep. you're like, you know, it's like the confidence, confidence loop. So if you're really good at something, your confidence will go up as well. And those things are just going to be crucial to you growing the business. Because once you know, like I know I can go into almost any company of a certain type and mm-hmm. fix it and, and cause an uplift, almost regardless of what they're already doing. So I, I know that that's, I can go in there. Whereas years ago, I wouldn't have that confidence because I just didn't know yet. Um, so the, the sooner you try and get to that level where you know you can fix for 99% of people, mm, you doing certain, it for them. Isn't it? Yeah, it's like, you know, and, and the certainty has to be based in real skills. So, yeah, you know, some people, they try to, you know, listen to Tony Robbins and have this fake certainty, but it's like, if you, if you can't do it, if you, if you can get someone the outcome they paid for, mm. everything's easier. Um, but if, you already, if you've already got a skill set, I would recommend publishing very regularly. So not like a thousand times a day, but I would say a good starting point would be like one good video a week or two if you want to kind of accelerate the process a bit. One or two solid videos teaching people how to fix that problem that you do for them. Um, maybe an email email a week, maybe two if you're feeling ambitious um, with the same topic. Um, I would find out what events I could speak at. I would look at who has um, already got my audience. So if I'm a business sort of you know, marketing expert, I'll look at all the big business groups and see how can I connect with those guys and speak at their events, you know, in a small capacity first and then maybe in a bigger capacity later. Um, and uh, paid ads can be useful if you've got a skill set, but the risk with paid ads is it can be quite technical and you can get caught up in that and never, um, and then you get lost and you don't end up doing anything. So you just got to be very wary of like, if you don't know how to do paid ads, um, you might want to do other stuff first because you just get lost in tech hell and um, mm. 
sometimes that can be disastrous for someone. So, yeah. Sweet, man. All right. Well, just to finish off, um, just a few questions, mate. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to smash out here. I'm going to fire them at you. You ready for yeah. it? Yeah, I'm so ready. Mr. Ray Corker, and are you ready? I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at these questions now, mate, and they're, uh, they're actually pretty good. I'm proud of these ones because I come up with this random shit every now and then. But anyway, number one, what's the best, what's the best marketing hack you've ever come across? Uh, being able to deliver um, on whatever you promise. I fucking knew you'd say that, mate. I just, you know what? Like before I, no, as in when I was writing the question down initially the other day, I'm like, I didn't know, but from speaking to you today, I'm like, I fucking know what he's going to answer with that question. <laughs> it um, really just makes everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably, probably follow up to that. If you do already, if you're already very good at what you do, I would probably say um, uh, probably like empathy, being able to be in your customer's shoes. If you can really like, if you really give a shit about what they go through and how they struggle with their problem and you really like get that, like you really understand what they go through day to day and what's pissing them off. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, all your marketing is fucking easy. It's way yeah. easier because you're yeah, writing yeah. messages that just hit the hot buttons like bang, bang, bang. And they just, they can't help but take action. Um, so yep. yeah, that, that'd be the follow up one. That's um, a big one. Number two, do you feel that you're on the right path in your life right now? Or yes. could there be something else out there for you? This is getting um, real deep, real deep, mate. <laughs> no, no, I love, I love it. I'm loving everything about now. Um, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, and I'm open to other careers, whether it's um, my two backup careers for anyone that gives a fuck, which is probably nobody, um, is comedy and architecture. So we'll see. Um, architecture was what I was going to do um, as a backup career or as, yep. a, as a, my original career path. But then someone, my careers advisor said, you wouldn't make any money. So I got scared off. But, um, but yeah, I'm open to doing other things. But um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm loving it at the moment. It's going great, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun. So nice, man. Have you so stand up comedy? Do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever done it? Uh, oh, my first gig was at my wedding. So <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I've, no, I I actually may not have the credentials whatsoever to do it, but um, but I do. I may. I like to making jokes and have a laugh. So it'll be uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe in the future. It's, it's something to. A second why not man why not <laughs> um out of 10 on average how healthy do you consider yourself so you know um, 10 being you're like nine. the most healthiest motherfucker in the world nine i'll say oh so maybe uh including food nutrition uh, probably about 8.5 okay um, i exercise kind of every day but um, right yep. but food wise i eat healthy i eat healthy and i eat like lots of ice cream and stuff so i love sweets so okay what would healthy. be your best tip around health Oh, um, probably be consistent. Like that's what, uh, that's something that I'm good at. Like it's just like, even if I don't know all the best workouts or I don't know, do back day and shoulder day or I don't know, all that, I don't know any of that shit. But all yep. I know is like, but I do, I'm, I'm really good at being like waking up every morning early and doing a run or doing jujitsu or doing, um, uh, you know, weights or whatever it is. Like I'm good at doing like just getting to the gym or getting to, um, put my, my running shoes on um i'm good at doing that and i feel like that's half the battle like i, I mean the, i actually tell people like get in the habit first yeah of going to the stuff rather than worrying about what to eat or what the workout is just like just fucking go there start running start doing stuff um and be consistent with it because if you can do that i actually think that's more important than learning what workout anyone can tell you the workout um but nobody can force mm. you to get up out of bed mm, like so. that and last one mate can you spell mississippi can you sell Mississippi? 
you can't think you can't they can't google it mate can't google it s s i p p i say it again sorry fucking this is that's like m i s s i s s i p p i mate fucking unbelievable was that right that's it that's it do i get a prize Mate, this is you're gonna get a prize. The prize is is that you learn this. M I double S R double S R W R. Mate, mate, it's the best. Like this, like I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's a song saying that shit, yeah. Because obviously, if you live in America, it's like some Mississippi thing. And I don't think if you ever get this question in Australia, but um, no, I've never got that question before. I'm actually relieved. I'm relieved that I got it. Mate, you did. You did well. But um, is there any stats? Is there any stats on others that have done it? Who was the last person that did that? It's probably the first and only person I've ever actually asked that question to, man. Random shit. So, uh, oh, nah. fantastic. <laughs> but I uh, mean, uh, well, um, mate, thanks for coming on. Lastly, where can where can anyone listen to this? Where can they find you? Uh, yeah, so I um, just at myname.com.au, so R A Y C O R C O R A N.com.au. Um, uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, or follow my page on Facebook, post videos all the time, or go to my website and you can join the email list and I send you free non-spammy, um, non-wanker marketing tips, or in my opinion, maybe. That, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, right, I, yeah. I probably can't make that call, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm probably a massive dickhead, but who knows? Everything's subjective, eh? That's true. Um, but, so um, your Facebook page, is it best to go to your website and then find the, the links from the links from there for your socials or what's your, do you just type in your name and Facebook? Yeah, just type in my name. Yeah, I reckon just, yeah, go to Facebook. Um, yeah, go to Facebook, LinkedIn, um, just type in my name and um, something will come up. If it's not me, just connect with that person. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just go to, mainly my website. My website has everything about like, you know, services and all that sort of stuff. And then, but if you want the free content, um, mainly on uh, join the email list at, on my website or uh, on my Facebook page for the videos. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the, the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at LukePage underscore underscore underscore.